I've been doing this for 30 years now. And uh, you never really think about your impact. Because the mission continues. It doesn't end. The mission doesn't end. It continues. And the mission field continues. And the prophesying and speaking continues. It doesn't stop. It's like his kingdom is, is, is growing continually, continually, and it's growing by one person at a time. That's how vital this whole gifting set is. It's, it's transformed by one revelation, one person, one moment, in one time that God changes the platform, disrupts the culture, changes, transforms the heart of man and brings the heart of man into alignment with the plan of the Spirit of the Lord. That's why it's so grievous to my spirit when people say we don't believe in the prophetic. Because if we don't have the prophetic, we have a, what I would call almost a church that is non-productive. To just sit there every week and not have an inspired prophetic utterance is like just going to a movie. There's nothing that's virtuous. There's nothing that is, in, there's nothing that is imparted or impacted. And one of the beautiful things, and look, you have to understand, the prophetic takes a lot of beating. You know, you deal with so much unbelief from people. You deal with so much uh, demonic things that go on against you because the enemy wants to shut down the voice of the Spirit of the Lord. He doesn't want it to be available. And, uh, you know, you have to fight continually to keep your mind in the place where trusting Him is the most vital thing. And you saw up here this morning, you didn't worship Kylan prophesying. And Kylan is a prophet. And I'm going to tell you, he's, he's going to be an Elisha. He's going to be a guy that's going to come forth with a great, great anointing that's going to take this church as well to a whole new place. And, you know, God's been working with Kylan. He's been dealing with him. You know, God deals with prophets. Unlike other people, he deals with them. And most of the time, he deals with them in secret. But that was very impactful. I mean, the minute I saw them up there, I didn't realize that we were going to talk about the prophetic. And so it really just hit my heart. And I didn't realize uh, in Latonia that it was such a profound thing that happened back then. But I'm so grateful that it did. And I'm so grateful that uh, they're here because, you know, Ed and Latonia are my brother and my sister. You know, it isn't based on the color of their skin, culture. It's based on the fact that the Lord has knit us together. This is what the kingdom is. We are knit together in Christ. One body, each joint supplying. So it's a, it's a very powerful thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm emotional this morning. It's like, that's not the way to start ministering the word. You know, I travel around a lot and I, I see and I hear a lot of things. And I've been hearing such a lot of things today in our culture. Things about the economy, things about this and that politically. And we are so bombarded with sayings all the time, every day. Sayings. People are saying things all the time. And so I want to share with you today about a higher form of seeing. Because what you say is what you'll see. And there's so much negative saying in our culture you know? And what are we seeing? We're seeing the fruit of that negative saying. You know, faith comes, right? 
by hearing. So you continue to hear garbage, you'll continue to produce garbage because you'll start, you'll come into agreement and you'll start saying that very thing that's been said. That's why I said you watch your heart, guard your heart from what you hear. Because what you hear will be taken into you and it will manifest and will start coming out of you and you'll start walking in that very thing that you're hearing. That's what's imperative that you put a guard on your ears and on your eyes to watch what you're seeing and watch what you're saying. If you want scriptural proof of this, let's just go to the scriptures. Maybe the best way to start it is to do it with the word of the Lord. <clears throat> so if I can, Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, What are people saying about me? It's so funny how there's so many, well, this guy is this and that guy is that. And there's a lot of sayings out there the son and, uh, about the Son of Man. Who do they believe I am? And they answered, Some are convinced that you are John the Baptizer. Others are saying you are Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. See, that's the, everybody has an opinion. It's like everybody has a nose. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody needs. Have you ever sat down and watched TV where they have a, a panel of guys? Uh, up there talking about whatever. They all have opinions. How many of them are truly, truly revealed? How many of them have revelation? They all have maybe an educated opinion, maybe an emotional opinion, opinion, maybe some thought, an idea that they read in a book somewhere or some concept. But how many of them are really have a true revelation of what we're dealing with today in this Asian culture? Not many. You know why? Because we are more impressed by people's opinions than we are about the word of truth. You know, people today reject the truth. They reject the word of truth. They would rather take something that makes them feel good instead of having the word of truth come to them. And then I love this. But you, who do you say that I am? You see, it's always left up to you to determine who you believe Christ is. Do you believe the culture is speaking the truth? If you do, then you'll, you'll imbibe that truth. You'll walk in it, you'll live it, and you'll be that truth. But if you believe that Christ was sent to redeem us from the curse of the law, to set us free, to bring us into our right minds, to fill us with His Holy Spirit so we can walk with the mysteries of His will into this world and we can be disciples for Christ and we can be ambassadors of faith, speaking what we hear from heaven rather than what you hear from the media. That's who we can be. That's who we're supposed to be. That's what His kind intention was to redeem us from the curse of the law. So we can be free to speak the things that we hear from Him. See, people say, why do you prophesy all the time? Because sometimes I don't hear something. So I'm not going to prophesy. I'm not going to go out there and say, well, you look good. And just give somebody a nice little encouragement because that's not who I am. I'm only going to speak what I hear. And if I don't hear anything, people come to me often and say, would you just prophesy over me? Well, I don't have anything, but let me pray for you. Because the bottom line is, if God does not give something, why try and conjure something up? See, let me speak to you about that for a second. Just a, let's just take a step away for a second. Samuel. Saul got a word from Samuel. Saul got a word from Samuel. And when Samuel passed away, he went to the witch of Endor. Right? Got the same word from the witch of Endor. 
Isn't that amazing? Why? Because Samuel didn't believe the word the first time. And second time, he was prepared to go to an unrighteous source to find the word. And you've got to understand sometimes, when you're operating in the flesh like Saul was, you put yourself in a position of cursing yourself. By listening to something that is inappropriate. By taking in something that's inappropriate. The word. We have the truth. We have the word as the truth. And as we start saying the things of the Lord, we'll start hearing and we'll start seeing and we'll start believing and we'll start becoming the word. Especially today in our culture. Prophets today are prophesying all kinds of Mickey Mouse nonsense. Listen, the most important thing today on earth for God is the kingdom and the saints. God's not really worried what's going to happen to America. He's more interested in what happens to the people in America and in the rest of the world. You know, don't forget this earth's going to pass away one day. And we've been, we've been put on this earth to be supervisors of this earth. Look after it. Take care of it. Occupy until I come, he says. Right? Or should I say destroy until he comes? So, but who do you say that I am? And Jesus, on, and Jesus asked. And Peter Simon spoke up and said, You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah. For you didn't discover this on your own. But my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. And I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church. The bedrock of the foundation, how God will build these churches, on the basis of being revealed by God who Christ is. It's not really on the name Peter. Peter's not the bedrock of the church. Christ is the bed. He is the cornerstone. We sang about it. He's the cornerstone. And on this cornerstone, Christ, the revealer, he will build the church. And you and I are the church. This is just a facility. We are the church. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones. We are knitted together by his blood. We are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. So I love how this whole concept comes. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. To forbid on earth, which is forbidden in heaven. Think about that. That's a broad saying. So we can actually on earth forbid things that are forbidden in heaven. That's a whole different battleground, right? If we have a revelation of heaven and we are battling things on this earth, don't you think we have the power to declare and speak and see a different thing? But, you know, we've all been trapped and caught up by the culture, and so we just, well, it's not my business. I don't care about it. I don't worry about it. Let me, let me clarify something, and, and I want to thank Robert for this. I've always called myself a translocal elder. But since trance has become something that is not, I'm just an elder. Because I'm not trance. I know who I am. Right? Can you see what I'm saying? Can you see how deceptive culture is? What they do and they take with words and how they alter words so that the outcome is altered. But yet the church, we should be living on the revelation of Christ because he reveals all things. Do you agree with me or not? Yes. Okay. So here it is, Corinthians 2.16. We do not speak the wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age nor of the rulers of this age, 
who are passing away. If you, if you carry a torch for the cultural leaders of this age and you are fighting for what they believe in, let me say something to you. They will pass away and you will pass away with them. So you get your facts straight, get your position straight, get back in the kingdom, get out of this cultural age. Because let me tell you, it is deceptive. And we do realize that the signs of the times are here. We do realize at the moment that the birth pains of nature are here. We do know this because everything's going crazy. To try and fight for something that is going that way is not worth it. We have to fight for what's worth something is the kingdom. To make sure that every single man and woman knows the truth about Christ. You know how much, you know how many people, do you know how people are despising Christians lately? You know how many people are turning away from the Lord? You know why? Because the messaging of the world has come into the church and affected the gospel of Christ. And people see us now as basically um, goyim and goyif, bad people. Because so many people have been hurt from people that have a wrong message. And people are just leaving the church. Our messaging to the world is not one of reconciliation and love. Our message to the world is, if you're not like us, you're unacceptable. You're goyim. This is our problem. Because we've forgotten who we are and we've forgotten how to speak like the one who sent us. We need to get our messaging straight. We need to get our, our messaging in line with what is spoken in heaven. So, for whom among people know the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? So also, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. So here's a fascinating thing. If you have the Spirit of God in you, you have access to the thoughts of God. So when you tell me, well, I don't know what to do, I'm going to tell you to go back and pray because you have the Spirit of God in him. He can give you the thoughts of God. You shouldn't be at a loss. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know. Well, get to know. You have access. You just got to use the passcode. What's the passcode? You have not because you ask not. My, he says in John, my father has given these things to me and I give them to you. Now, Father, I give these people back to you so that you can take care of them. So we have this relationship that's a circle of life. So we have the passcode. So why, why are we wondering, well, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know where to go. I, I just need a word. <laughs> I sound like some religious person there. So this is what it says. Now we have not received the spirit of the world. People, you may have been born into sin, but when Christ redeemed you, he brought you out of that and he baptized you into the body and he gave you his Holy Spirit. He sealed you. Right? We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. We've received the Holy Spirit. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Do you know what's been freely given to you by God? You don't? You need to get to know. A guy said one day, he said, why, did, why are you not afraid? Why should I be afraid? Well, I mean, we, we live in evil times. You know, the economy. Okay. Well, I'm not dependent on the economy. Well, what do you mean? You have to live like we do? Yeah. But I'm dependent on his economy because God knows where provision is. 
if you could lead Elijah and Elisha to the provision, even coming from the most unexpected place with a woman, he can lead us anywhere. God knows where lost money is. I've experienced it. I think I've showed this story with you. When I first came to America, we needed money to pay our rent. We needed $800. Didn't have money. Didn't have a job. Wasn't allowed to work. Because I was illegal. <laughs> well, I wasn't illegal. I was in the process, but I couldn't work. Still hadn't had my documentation right. God told me, go to Kmart. Go to Kmart, okay. That's when Kmart was still around. <laughs> Don't go to Kmart because it's not there anymore, okay. <laughs> You have to go to the sister one, the Walmart. So I go down there and he says, go down the aisle where the oil is. And, there, and there's this roll of wad of money like that. Of course. <laughs> I got in the car and pulled out this money. And I said, oh my God, you robbed Kmart. <laughs> because it, well, it was well within me, in my earthly dimension, to do that. But the bottom line is now that I was spiritual... I, I, was, I was tracking with the heavenly wisdom of where the hidden money was. You see, there's hidden provision in the Lord. I mean, when the Israelites walked through the wilderness, they had manna. They had a cloud coverage. And they got tired of eating manna, they got quail to the meat rot in their teeth. There was provision. There's always provision. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If you don't have what you need, ask and believe. Stop listening to the media. Turn the radio off. Turn the TV. Actually, TVs make good targets of the gun range. <laughs> With a bit of tenor right on them, they really make a good target. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And here's what it says. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit whom is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Why do you think there's such conflict against the church? Because the world thinks that we're a bunch of hypocrites because our behavior doesn't match up with our word. So they're judging us in the external because our words, what we're saying, doesn't match what they see. We say this, but we see that. Right? You know, coming from South Africa, I get this a lot. People say, well, you know, you were a white man in South Africa. You were privileged. Well, if my childhood was privileged, then I don't know what privileged is. I said, but they said, you know, you're white man. You were privileged. And then, you know, you, you were a colonial. You held down the... The, the Africans. Dude, I was held down myself. I didn't hold anybody down. But when, when Christ set me free, I mean, I went to battle with my brothers. I went to war with my black brothers. We fought together for something that we believed in. There wasn't anything like racist concept. We, we bled together. We carried each other. We cried together. We ate food together. We slept together. We lived together. There wasn't a concept of well, you're different to me. And I get guys today say, well, you know, you're, you're a white guy. You, you, you live by privilege. Dude, I don't live by privilege. But that's what the world is saying. You see, we pick up the stuff that the world is saying, and we start thinking, well, that's true. 
And so we have divided culture because people are picking up what the media is saying and what the politicians are saying, what the world is saying, where we should be listening to what the Spirit of God is saying. You know? We are created in the likeness and the image of God. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And your skin tone has nothing to do with it. And your language has nothing to do with it. Is you're set apart. You've been birthed for this age and this time and this hour. What for? There's a much greater purpose in you than just uh, being a stool pigeon. Because that's all pigeons can do, walk around like. We have a great purpose. We have a great dimensional purpose in our life. A creative, a creative gifting in our life. You know, I've been going to the marketplace more and more with the prophetic. It's kind of amazing how God blows the minds of businessmen who function according to a certain premise. But when the Spirit of God comes in, He ruffles their feathers. He undoes their premise of what they believe in, of the technologies they function. Because suddenly God is using someone that has an understanding of technology as well as chemistry and different kinds of things and brings them there with the word of the Lord that understands the process and brings solutions. And that's what we're supposed to be in the church. We're supposed to be like a Daniel. We're supposed to be like a, a Joseph. We're supposed to have supernatural belief systems that understand that can transform a culture. We're supposed to be disruptors of this earthly culture. We're supposed to imbibe the glory of God. We're supposed to walk in the power of the Spirit of the Lord. We're supposed to walk in authority. A couple of months back, the situation, my, my daughter, my son-in-law, and my grandson called me. He said, Dad, uh, pop him the police are here. I knew what it was about. And my son-in-law had got drunk, and he'd beaten up on everybody. So they were arresting him, and I walked in there. And the police officer knows me, and he said, I said, well, come on in. I said, as I turned to my son, I said, what do you do? He said, I did nothing. I said, you're a liar. I said, because a girl doesn't get marks on her arm when you've done nothing. She didn't imprint those marks herself. And I said, now here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the police officer and you're going to go to jail. My daughter, I'll stay here tonight and I'll take care of my family. Because they wanted to put the kids with CPS. I said, no, there's not going to be CPS. This is my family. I take authority here. I will take care of this. He said, okay. Why? Because I'm a man of authority. And what I say goes. Sorry to say that. It does. Especially when it's to do with the families. When I take care of my family, I take care of my family. You see, we have to understand. If your children are not serving the Lord, they're your children. They're part of your inheritance. Call them back. <laughs> you know, you have authority. It's not, it's, not a, it's not arrogance. It's, it's not arrogance. It's authority from God. When you're walking with the authority of God, people recognize it. As a Walmart Mart one day, my daughter had bought a $300 um, money order for something. But she was supposed to actually get not a money order, but a money transfer. And uh, they wouldn't give her her money back. So I walked in. My sister calls me the W. My sister-in-law calls me the WMD. <laughs> I see the manager. I want to manage here. He said, "Well, we can't give you money back." I said, "Why not?" He said, "Because the transactions happened." I said, "Okay." 
I'm going to go to the shelf and I'm going to take something and walk out. What are you going to do? He said, well, call the police. I said, okay. I'm going to call the police on you because you're stealing from me. And I'm going to have you arrested for theft. You can't do that. You want to bet? Picked up my phone. I said, now, I know your system, how it works, because I was involved with the setup of your system in Walmart. See that, see that, see that video camera? It matches to the time on your computer for the transaction. Go back and look at the time and date stamp, and you'll see. And you'll see the transaction was done here, and I want my money back. If I don't get my money back, I'm calling the police. I'm going to have you arrested for theft. Guess what? Got the money back. Why? Because I had a revelation of how their system worked. And I wasn't going to leave the situation. I wasn't being arrogant. I wasn't being belligerent. I wasn't threatening. I just let him know what my authority position was. I did and helped build the systems that Walmart used. And I know that everything is matched with the video. Because that's the way they check security. Got our money back. My daughter said, oh, Dad, I'm so embarrassed. That's good. But we got $300 back. Can you see what I'm saying? Life and death resides in the power of the tongue. If you come into agreement with this world culture, and you start speaking in agreement with this world culture, what the world is saying and what the media is saying and what the politicians are saying, you are trapped. And the things you agree with them with will manifest in your life. And then you'll say, well, you see, I told you. Yeah, because you manufactured it, because you believed it. It went in and you spoke it and then you started to live it. Faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of the Lord. You want to build faith. You want to start walking in the position God's called you to walk in. Then you need to start believing what this word says and what heaven says rather than what media says. And let me tell you, this culture is going downhill because the Christians have walked away from their rightful position in Christ. And they've tried to bring religion into it, and they've tried to legislate laws to do certain things, and that's not what God wants. Because let me tell you, go back in history and have a look. There's three times that the Christian community in the world has been overrun by another culture because they try to bring it into law. You might not agree with me, but go back and look at the Crusaders. They were going around trying to make everybody Christians, and if they weren't Christian, they cut their heads off. What did God do? He sent a guy called Salahuddin, who vanquished Jerusalem, and today we have the Dome Rock because Salahuddin vanquished what they tried to do. You see, the problem is we don't know history. And we're trying to do things that has been done before that failed. All we need is we need faith, and we need the word of the Lord. You see, to try and do things to people because they don't agree with you and don't believe, the greatest gift we have is the power of prayer. The greatest gift we have is the power of faith. The greatest gift we have is the power of declaration to speak the words into existence. Faith comes by hearing. Years ago, when I came to America, the first immigration attorney I bumped into, he asked me for $5,000 to start my case. So I gave him 5,000. He said, okay, now we need another five to do the paperwork. Hold on, I, I, I don't understand. I just gave you 5,000. Well, that's a retainer. Well, what's that for? That's so that we, we, we can pay our staff for doing the work. But then you, you want another five? I'm lost. I said, I'll tell you what, give me my 5,000 back. He said, well, I can't. It's already gone to trust account. 
I said, okay. Let me tell you what's going to happen to you. You are going to go to jail. He laughed. He said, I'm an attorney. I'm not going to go to jail. I said, you are going to jail. Mark my words. And he walked me to the elevator. He laughed at me. Ha, ha, ha. Got your money. I said, keep it. But you've cursed yourself, and you're going to jail. Ten years later, I'm consulting with another attorney group in Dallas, and they invite me to go with them to Cowboy Stadium. And they have a box. And we're in the box, and I walk past the front notice on the box, and it's this attorney group's name, and this attorney's name is there. And I turned to my buddy, I said, who's that? He said, oh, I've got to tell you a story. He said, yeah. He said, those guys were laundering money for the Chinese. They're all in jail. Huh. Wow. I said, now I'm going to tell you a story. He said, what? I said, this guy, this guy here, this guy here took $5,000 from me as a retainer and then demanded another five to do immigration work for me. He wouldn't give me my money back and he wouldn't do my work for me. So I prophesied to him that he's going to jail. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are mighty and strong to the pulling down of strongholds. And I didn't do it because I was arrogant or upset. I just did it because I felt that the man was operating in the wrong spirit. And there was no mercy in him. And because he didn't have mercy, mercy triumphs over justice. Because he didn't have mercy, he'd face justice. You need to understand as a Christian, if you do not have a mercy on the broken and the wounded and the destroyed, you will experience justice. That's the kingdom. It's not me. The Bible. So what am I saying to you today as a church? Get in the word. Speak the word. Believe the word. Live the word. Walk in the word. Be the word. Because that will stand the test of time. When I was a young boy, my father had a company called Gen, Genrec, which was built cranes for the steel industry. And I remember he had this, this Bible that somebody gave him in his locker. And there was these guys sitting in the tea room the day, and he told us a story. They're sitting in the tea room one day drinking tea at tea break. And these big ladles of molten steel sort of would roll through and they'd pour them into these ingots. And this one ladle slipped and all this molten steel fell down in this locker room and burnt the whole locker room to pieces. And the only thing that survived was the Bible. And I didn't know the Lord. I knew nothing about God. Box of green apples, I didn't know anything about it. My father always said to me, that little Gideon Bible that was given to him, even though the locker was burnt and destroyed, that Gideon Bible never got destroyed. Wasn't touched by fire, wasn't touched by the steel, was not destroyed. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that God's in the inferno. And I believe that, you know, no matter how hot it gets, God's not afraid to step into that fire to rip you out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because his word's right there. And I just think to myself, I always think back on that story. How did this little paper Bible survive something like 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, molten steel? It's impossible. Well, 
There again, nothing's impossible for God. Impossibility lives up here. Possibility lives in here. All things are possible to them that believe. Right? All things are possible. Two weeks ago, I was down in Houston, prophesied of a businessman about his business. Told him that he'd have an IPO developed within the next year. And his answer to me is, we don't have enough capital in the business. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about God's plan for your business. Three days later in Toronto, a man came and said, hey, the Lord told me to help you put an IPO together for your business. Three days. The power of what you say will determine what you see. We are going into what I call in this day and age a higher form of seeing. Yeah, you can look at the natural. It looks bad. It looks terrible. Right? But start speaking to your circumstance. Start getting a heavenly revelation of your circumstance. Start understanding that you can call things into existence that don't exist. Yeah. A couple of years back, I ministered and prophesied of a businessman about development of a technology that God had put in his heart to do. And that there would be a first, he would be the man who would create the first flying aeroplane that was run by battery power. Last year, he flew me to Seattle and showed me the plane. The word of the Lord to him had manifest and became an aeroplane that flies. And today, it's been FAA approved to fly. And they got $1.5 billion worth of orders. Hello? Is there anybody out there? You have the greatest gift. You have a mouth. It's not just to put food in. Okay? It's not what goes into a man that corrupts him. It's what comes out. So you need to watch and put a guard in your mouth and watch what you say. Speak to the things that need to be spoken to from a heavenly principle. Otherwise, shut up. We're going into this next year. We're going into an election year. There's going to be sewer hoses poured out over the media. And you guys are going to be drinking that sewer water. And before you know where you are, you'll be in agreement with that stuff. And you'll find out what happens. And I don't care if you're on the left or the right in the center or you're this or that. I don't really care if you're trans or local. I don't really care any of that stuff. Because to me, that's not important. That is temporal. What's more important is the eternal. And we are eternal beings. We are going to live forever. Yeah, we may not live in this old body suit, but we're going to live forever. Because there's a part of us that will survive this world. And we'll live with him. He promised it. He said it. He's built a place for us to go and stay with him, to be with him. And I'm just saying to you, you want to change your dynamic? You want to change things around you? Change what you say. Wow, that's superstition. No, it's not. It's the word of the Lord. You know? Change what you say. Develop a higher form of seeing. Ask God to show you something. When you start seeing what He shows, you start speaking it. Because then what happens, the first thing it does, it enters you and it becomes real for you. And then eventually you'll see it manifest on your behalf. That's just simple, basically simple prophetic. And I'm not saying go, go be stupid and do stupid things and say stupid things. I'm saying get a real revelation. When God sends somebody and prophesied to me about coming to America... I mean, look, I've been here before in 76, but I never realized that it was like, ah, well, I don't know when I was going to be here. But the bottom line is, 
when a prophesied, a lady came to you with a, with a CD, a full Driscoll CD, and on the front of the CD was an American flag with a trumpet. And she said, listen to this and get this in your heart. Oh, beautiful and spacious skies. Remember that song? And I listened to that CD and drove my family crazy. That's the only CD we listened to. And I sat my girls down and I got bandanas with American flags and I put on them. And we sit and we listen to this trumpet sound of Phil Driscoll singing about a land of liberty. Why? Because we saw something, we heard something, and it got in our spirit. And before we know where we were, God opened the door. And we came. And we stayed. And we're here. Because what happened is when we got the word of the Lord, it didn't, wasn't only the word of the Lord, but it actually entered in. It made us see something. And when we saw something, we could speak it. We could speak in agreement. And what happens when we start speaking agreement, things start to happen and open up for us because he had us on a journey. It wasn't just getting up every day and existing. It was every day, first thing in the morning, put that tape on and play it. Listen to that thing. Okay, I'm getting ready, Lord. And then the visions came and then the dreams came and then the concepts came and then the word of the Lord came. Don't know anybody. I will lead you by my spirit. And I'm thinking, well, okay, that's cool. What does that mean? When I got here, I said, oh. I just realized I don't have a bank manager like I had back home. I could get an overdraft from my, if I needed money. I don't have a job. Oh, God. Didn't even think about that. God, you know, it's winter here for summer down there. I didn't think of these things because you know what happened? The word of the Lord became so real to me that I started to live in it. I never thought of the consequences and the side effects. They were, they were irrelevant because he said, I will take care of you. I will make a way for you. And I believed it. And he made a way. He led me to a lady and a husband that, that had a revelation from him about me coming. When I got knocked on their front door, they opened, she fell on the floor and started to weep. Husband came running down and said, what's it? Give me my Bible. And said the word of the Lord, the 5th of May, 1990. God said, I'm sending a man from Africa. Make a way for him. So the way was made. We sing the song, Waymaker. But we just sing it, Waymaker. <laughs> we don't realize the revelation is he's going to make a way where there is no way. There was no way, but he made a way. And when I started that and I wanted to go back home, I went to the airport to book my tickets because I had a return flight. And I got there and I was going to pick up my ticket. We go home, pick up my business and we'd be fine. This was just a venture, a vacation. And the, and the flight people said to us, um, Sir, these tickets have no value. What's that mean? Uh, you can't fly on them. But hold on, they return tickets. Yeah, but the codes don't exist. What? You mean $9,000 worth of money? Gone? Yeah. I heard the door slam. And God said, Ah, oh, not so easy, son. Not so easy. Why? Because he brought me out to do something. And then I sat down and I said, God, I'm just, I made a mistake. He said, no, you didn't. You listened, you heard. Remember what I showed you. Just speak the words. And we went through all kinds of challenges. We got evicted from our apartment, slept in our car, all kinds of car broke down, never had a car. Poor people gave us a car that was even worse. Uh, uh, than my previous car, but it was great. We had a car. 
And everything worked out. But what it did, it took faith. And when I couldn't make a way for myself, he made a way. And I walk every day and I would weep and pray. God, you said you'd make a way. I don't see it. But every night there was a box at our front door with food, with money, with clothing. Where it came from? I don't know. It came from the Waymaker. And when it stopped, then the doors opened for ministry. So everything, we couldn't see it, but it was there. And faith was the only thing that opened the door. Is knowing that he's true. If he said it, he's going to do it. I don't have to do it for him. All I have to do is I have to abide in his word and agree with him and walk in it every day. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And I didn't want to think I'm a failure. I wanted to think that he called me. Because I knew he called me because I could feel it. And all the supernatural things he did on the road to convince me that he called me. Yeah, and I would have people tell me, now you, I had a guy even say to me, you made a mistake, you need to go home, we're going to get the CPS, uh, immigration, and have them remove you. And I said to him, you do that and you're going to die. And guess what? He died. I didn't curse him, he cursed himself. Yeah, immigration came to look at it and said, no, you're fine, your documentation's fine. See, do you know who has called you for times such as this? If you knew him, you wouldn't be worried about what goes on in the culture. You'd be walking in your dynamic that he's called you to, in the power and authority of his name, of the word he's called you to. And I know, I know the enemy comes against us with doubt. I've doubted many times. There's been days that I've just said, God, please, please take me out of the hell that I'm in. Because believe me, it's not fun being a tip of a spear in war against a kingdom that's there to destroy you. And when you're a tip of the spear, you're the first one in battle. You're the first one that goes ahead of the army. You're the first one in. And I've always been, my, since my military days, always been first in, last out. In the kingdom, first in. First in. You know? I've been here from the beginning. When the word came in the wind that Pastor Mary Lou was talking about, I've been here since then. I've been here. I've not pulled out. I've been here. I've come. Why? Because it's more important to see you walk in the authority that God's called you for than anything to do with me. It's more about you than me. This is not about me. This is about you. What you heard Ed and Latanya speak about today is not about me. It's about you. What are you going to do with the word he spoke over you? What are you going to do with the things he's put inside of you? Is God a liar or is he the truth? If he's the truth, then you need to start picking up the word that he's put inside of you. You need to come to agree with it and you need to start speaking it. Don't wait for somebody else to pick it up because it's not going to happen. You're the one who's going to carry the mantle. You're the one who's going to walk in it. And listen, I've had challenges my whole 30 years I've been here. It's not been easy. There's been days that I've cried and I've wept and I've begged God to do something. And I've had to wait and I've had to be patient and I've had to learn to just be there. 
And sometimes I'm there, I'm just there, maybe as a vacuum, but I'm there. And then I see him manifest. And when he takes you through changing seasons, it's very difficult when, when suddenly you're at the water brook and it dries up and there's no provision. And then you have to go get fed by the ravens. And you know what ravens bring? Roadkill. <laughs> and it's bits and pieces and fragments here and the fragments there. And then the ravens stop and then he takes you to the widow woman. And then she is just about on her last bones. And then God makes a way through the widow woman. You know who the widow woman is? The bride of Christ. The widow woman is the bride of Christ. And then he makes a way through the bride of Christ. And as the prophetic word comes forth and the provision explodes, there's provision for you through the fact that there was first fruits given to the prophet and secondly, that the prophet released the prophet's reward. People don't understand the prophet's reward. I'm way lost my message almost at the beginning. <laughs> but you, when you're navigating by the Spirit, you know, it's, it's not based on harmonics or harmonica or, or any theological concept. It's based on revelation, what he's saying, what the Spirit of God is saying. And let me tell you, we serve an awesome God. You heard it. You heard Kylan speak this morning. You heard the words that he spoke. It's truth. He wasn't lying to you. He was telling you the truth. Yeah. Let me tell you. It's truth. I woke up the other morning in the song, My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the King. And I thought, oh, what's this all about, God? And I just felt the heat come on me, and I just felt this, this thing rise up inside of me. And I'm not a good singer. In the shower, I'm great. <laughs> because the, the water fills the words. And I just said, God, my eyes have seen the glory of the magnificence of who the Lord is. And yet I'm a broken vessel. I'm not worthy. I'm unclean, I'm not worthy, God, but you have allowed me to see your glory. You've allowed me to see and taste your goodness. Not because of anything to do with me, but because of who you are. And you have to understand, you have access to that glory as well. And so as a prophetic word to this whole community today, I'm going to say to you, it's time. It's Kairos time. It's time right now to rise up and not be the hypocrites but be those who are the ambassadors of Christ who represent him that when you walk into a place just because you're there that place has experienced a transformation just because your foot touches that ground that becomes his dominion because he's given us the instruction occupy until I come right and so you've got to occupy you go in your house you occupy that piece of land your children go to school, you occupy the school. I don't care what the board's doing, you occupy that. I went to schools when, when my daughters were at school and they wanted to put them through this program called, what was it called? Um, the DARE program. DARE. Some of you do drugs. I said, there's no way my girls are going to do that. Well, they have to. Who said? Well, well the school board. Well, guess what? I pay my taxes and my children are not going to be doing the DARE program. So, 
I'll come get them in that hour. I'll come get them and I'll take them for lunch. But you can't do that. I can do all things. <laughs> but my children are not going to learn about drugs. Because most of those kids who went on their day program, guess where they went? On drugs. Because they show them all these different drugs. Did you know that? Do they even still have that program in schools? <laughs> they do? <sighs> yeah, that's demonic. I took my kids. I said, no, there's no way it's going to happen. I even went to the governor and spoke to her and said, I'm not letting my kids do that day program. You better cancel that thing right now. Because that's, that's, that's abomination. Teaching kids about drugs. Well, if they, if they understand, then they won't get involved. Well, duh. Their buddies are doing it with them. They want to be pals with their buddies, so they'll do it with them. Sometimes we, the wisdom of this world is stupid. It's like Forrest Gump. Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> so the word of the Lord to you is this. It's time rise up. Be the ambassadors that Christ has called you to be. Stir up your most holy faith. Stir up the gifts within you. Be that solution to the problem. Don't be the problem. Be the solution. And if you can't be the solution, get prayed for. Get somebody to stand with you and pray for you to get you to be a solution. Because the bottom line is, we can lay on hands. We can impart things by laying on of hands. We have everything we need. So I want to encourage you as a church. Listen. And listen, don't get me wrong. Freedom is a great church. This is a great community of people. There's not many like it around. Okay? Most churches are involved in religious indoctrination. This, this year, they let the Spirit of the Lord move. You have no idea how blessed you really are. I travel. I see. I see. I see the games people play. I see all the well-known people. It's all about the money game. And they don't want the anointing anywhere near that because the Holy Spirit will turn that thing upside down. They'll turn those tables over. You have something here that is precious. Be grateful and be thankful for it that God has preserved this place and the people in this place and the mission in this place and the pastors and all the, serv the, all the people that serve you here. Go home and thank them for keeping this place real because it's real. Because I'm here. Part of it. No, th because these guys are real. Harold and Mary Lou are the most real people. Unpretentious, kind, merciful. How they pray for people, how they cry and how they weep over the people. How they do everything they can to impart something to the people. This is an anomaly. You guys might not appreciate it. But I want to tell you, take your time. So Holy Spirit, I just pray you come this morning. Just heal the wounds. Heal the brokenheartedness. Heal the disappointment. Fill them with anticipation. Break all forms of depression and delusion and disillusionment off them. And separate them from the spirit of this world by filling them with the spirit of the Holy One. The spirit of Christ. Yes, I pray right now for healing to come. Jesus' name. Amen.